Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Pop Culture Pod. I'm Erica Glass. And I'm Elizabeth Thockway. Um, welcome to season two. Yeah. This is really exciting. Our inaugural episode of the second season. Yep. Our more uh, sophisticated highbrow season two. Yeah. Think of it as like we were wearing a little black dress before, but mm-hmm. with like, you know, combat boots mm. and maybe like one of those like tattoo necklaces that you would have gotten at like limited to yes. or top shop. I, I want one now though. I know I have one. I know. <laughs> it's glow in the dark and it's like pastel colors. Amazing. It's really cool. Fantastic. But we're not wearing that right now. No. We just like, you know, it's like my hair might still have some pink in it. Mm-hmm. I do have four bo- bottles of uh, hair dye in my bathtub at the moment. Always. But we're pulling our dyed hair back. Yeah. We're letting our little black dress be accessorized with, yeah. you know, like sensible heels. Yeah, and some pearls maybe. Well, we're not boring. It's true. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't want to be boring. Anyway, we're we're growing up. Mm-hmm. We've graduated. Yeah. Um, it's very scary out here in the real world. Yeah, I would recommend anyone, if you're still in school, to stay forever. Don't ever leave. So season two, we're going to do it a little bit differently this season. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to have our main episodes that will be probably like a half an hour to 45 minutes Mm -hmm. um, and have them be more focused on a specific theme and less necessarily based on the happenings of pop culture from that week. Right. But don't worry, those episodes are not gone. We're going to give you some mini episodes that will be much shorter and kind of a roundup of what's happening in pop culture. Yeah, we want to keep you guys updated. Totally. We still have plenty of thoughts. Yep. But we will catch you up on Gilmore Girls. Always. Always. I mean, it's our number one interest, I would say. I think so too, yeah. Um, But let's get started for... Mm our first main episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode, we're going to focus on something called the Bechdel test. Erica, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. So the Bechdel test is a test that tests. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether two female characters in a work of fiction exist and they both have names and they both have to be having a conversation about something other than a man. Right. And that's pretty much the baseline. Yeah. So it's one conversation, two women names talking about something that's not a dude right certain works of art pass this certain works of art don't right so we're going to be looking at works of fiction Mm -hmm. primarily movies movies but um but there are a lot of things that you movies that you would really expect should pass the test yeah um and movies that you would almost automatically I think assume wouldn't pass the test and they don't always necessarily follow your expectations and while doing research for this yeah it was really hard yeah it was it was actually it was like I I don't think it's any secret that there is a lack of great roles for women in Hollywood Mm -hmm. um though it's certainly improving but to really see how few movies kind of meet the bare bare minimum yeah yeah. and the bar is really low here yeah like really low it's very interesting because you when you sit down to research this you think well okay i mean i'm gonna find something like there must be something that i think 
can be a definite example of how this passes the test or, or what kind of thing passes and what kind of thing kind of thing doesn't. Right. However, when you actually sit down and like, you know, Google or like search things, right. it, it's like an almost unbelievable how much people have to argue that this work of art actually passes. It's like, no, guys don't think that this Right. So, you know, we were trying to think of examples that would kind of illustrate our points. Right. And we were running into some difficulty kind of thinking of, you know, great movies that mm-hmm. everyone knows and understands that right. could show, here's a movie that passes the Bechdel test. Here's a movie that right. has these two female characters or interact and speak about something that isn't their male love interest. Right. In a genuine way, not just like right. one conversation about a book they read. And surp- let me just tell you, we ended up going to IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. Yep. Very few movies on that list yep. pass. And um, yeah, so I guess like we can just start by, I guess, let's go through the top 10. Yeah, the top 10 of IMDb's list. Of all time, yeah. according to IMDb. So Indeed. the number one movie is Shawshank Redemption. Yep. I think, at least I can say, I recently rewatched on Netflix. I haven't seen it. What? I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it is... I'm an immigrant. It is... Whatever. It's a great movie. That's, that's I mean, there's, there's no question about the fact that it's a great movie. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, it does not pass the test. Um, it is a movie mm-hmm. about male convicts. Mm-hmm. Which does not necessarily leave much room for female characters. Right. Um, Unless they're a love interest. Well, it's hard to have female love interests right. in prison. Right. The, I think maybe the only woman that you see in that movie, this must be wrong, but maybe not, is Andy Dufresne, who's played by Tim Robbins. He's the main character in the movie. His wife, who he allegedly killed, which is why he's in prison. prison. And you see... I. She maybe, like, screams or something. I'm, like, not remembering it very well, but, you know, is not really a character. And other than that, I don't think that there are... So, yeah. So, the movie takes place in the late 40s and mm-hmm. then, I guess, goes through the 50s um, in Maine in a prison. So, yeah, not a lot of options right. for female characters. Right. Particularly not two of them. Yeah. It's going to be tough. something else. So, you can't totally... Blame the movie right. for failing the test. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I think there is maybe a little bit of a an issue, an issue there, or at least mm-hmm. something that we can take notice of, the mm-hmm. fact that there are not really female characters in the greatest movie of all time, according yeah. to IMDb. Right. Uh, so number two and three are The Godfather and The Godfather 2, which, unsurprisingly, do not pass. Do not pass. Yeah. Either. Um... I've never actually seen. I've seen both of them. them. I mean, it makes complete sense because it's Italian mobsters and their wives are the women in the movie. Right. And they're, they don't talk. I don't, I don't remember it very well right now, but they don't talk about anything that's not the men or the children. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's something that we're, you know, this is a theme that kind of continues throughout this list, but. Mm -hmm. What you see is that when you have these movies that are, I mean, like, I don't know, are, are focused on men and They're, male friendships or male families or whatever. Male dominated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to be able to fit everything into two hours or an hour and sure. a half. 
Yeah. You know, so for the sake of storytelling, there are certain movies where it's like, you know, Shawshank Redemption doesn't, there doesn't need to be a woman in that movie, right. really. Right. You know, that that adding a female character there isn't going to make the movie better mm-hmm. necessarily. You don't, we, we don't want scenes that help movies or works of art pass the test just for the sake. Right. Of passing the test. Right. Or of including a female, quote unquote, female perspective. Totally. That doesn't necessarily illustrate what women actually talk about. Sure. Every day. Sure. Um, so I agree with you. Yeah. But, I mean, also, and this we'll see when we get to some of the things that pass the test, mm-hmm. men are cast in these movies and can be all kinds of different things, right? They can be mobsters, they can be ex-cons, they can be, um, I don't know, elves <laughs> or hobbits. <laughs> sure. Whatever, you know? Uh-huh. And, like they will find a way to have them have a conversation about something that isn't their female love interest. Sure. But the opposite is not necessarily true even when it's a movie about a woman. Like, right. we, usually when it's a movie about a woman, it's like, but who is she dating? And, like, is she going to get married soon? Because, you know, it's a problem if she doesn't. Yeah. Um, so and that's... You know, if, if we're being honest, I mean, like, yeah. obviously those are things that we talk about. Right. Speaking as a woman in a room with another woman. Right. And I can't uh, testify as to what men talk about right. to other men. Right. Um, it wouldn't be surprising to me to find out that women speak about their love lives more to other women than sure. men do to men. Sure. Based on stereotypes. Based on stereotypes. And, and my also personal, personal interactions with men. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but that, I mean, so, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to make it seem like, we're just having these conversations totally avoiding men all the time because that's obviously not true no but it's not the only thing that we talk about right because i mean it's fun to talk about guys right like it's always it's totally. so fun to be like oh my god he texted me like oh my god he didn't text me it just, no, i mean like i love doing that it's, it's one of honestly the greatest things about having female friends is totally. being able to be a complete psycho totally about the guy you're dating or trying yeah. to date however I think you and I have had conversations. I mean, we made a season of a podcast. Right. <laughs> managing to not talk about our personal love lives. Right, exactly. So we're talking about... It's doable. <laughs> we're talking about television. We're talking about books. We're talking about movies. Sure. We're talking about our careers. We're talking yeah. about all sorts of things that do not include that boy that I met at the bar last night. Talking about men, talking about romance, or whatever... That's an easy topic to make fun and make interesting and make funny. Right. Um, or poignant or whatever. Right. There are other conversations that women have where, you know, it might take a little bit more effort or creativity to kind of elevate it to that same sort of yeah. level of entertainment. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen. Right. Or it's certainly at the very least, me- I think needs to happen more often yeah and i think that's where this test is a little bit flawed too right because it has to be two women while i agree is important to have more than one female character with a name sure sometimes in these movies women are talking to men Mm -hmm. about something other than their love lives and then totally that might be more significant in passing a test like this than the little conversations that are about, like, you know, the rosé they're drinking. Right. 
that to make a movie or film or whatever technically passable. Yeah, and, and none of this is even bringing into question, and, you know, this is, like, a whole other road to go down that mm-hmm. I, I don't think we need to talk about right now, but, you know, none of this is even kind of considering the fact, like, well, what if you're, that it's not heteronormative, right. you know, like, just having, to, if you have two women talking about other something other than a man, well, what if they're lesbians, like, is talking about their female love interest, I mean, technically, they would be passing the test, right? But if but you're like still... really looking at what the test is, I mean, it's using the word man, but it's right. just the person that you're attracted to. Like, but how many of their conversations are about their romantic lives, right? As opposed to their career or literally anything else. Literally anything other than <laughs> like, someone you're interested in having sex with, right? Which apparently is all women can talk about. I mean, I know that that personally is the only thing I talk about with other women. Me I'll, too. you know, I'll go to Starbucks, I'll try to order a coffee, but if it's a female barista, I'll just be like, nope. I'm sorry, I, I wanted, I wanted a morning pick me up, but instead I'm just going to have to like sit here and talk to you about, you know, the trials and tribulations of my love life. Yeah. You can hold the venti latte, please. Please. I need to talk to you. No fat. About no the foam. Morning. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so the third movie, or I guess the fourth movie on the list, because two and three is taken up by Godfather and Godfather Part Two. Mm-hmm. The fourth movie technically passes the test. Mm-hmm. Um, it's The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's second installment in his Batman trilogy. Um, but I say technically because the way that it passes the test is, like, pretty pathetic. Yeah. I would say. So the way that it passes the test is that Detective Ramirez, who works in the Mm -hmm. police force in Mm -hmm. Gotham, she's forced by gunpoint by a man holding a gun Mm -hmm. to give a warning to Gordon's wife. Um, Mm -hmm. And so technically you have these two female characters. You have Detective Ramirez and then Mrs. Gordon, presumably is her name. Um. And they're speaking about something that is not Detective Ramirez or Mrs. Gordon's love life, but... Or man friend, man friend's husbands or or whatever. Exactly. Um, But you can make an argument that because Detective Ramirez is only speaking to Mrs. Gordon because a man is forcing her to do so by holding a gun to her head... She really is only the messenger of a man's words. Right. So it's not really them having a conversation about something. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're under distress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like she's saying something only because someone is making her say it. And yeah. she's saying what they want her to say. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it passes the test. Not making great steps forward for no. women in film, though. Because that's number four out of ten that we're going to talk about briefly it's like the first one to pass but not really and so as we get further down this list we're gonna show you i guess or see how does anything really pass yeah i mean on this list at least Mm -hmm. that we have 10 movies three of them technically pass Mm -hmm. none of them in kind of like stellar ways right um, where, you know, if there was an opposite of a Bechdel test of, you know, like m- two men having a conversation about something other than their romantic life, all of these would pass with flying colors. Oh, totally. 100%. Um, okay, so let's go on to number five. Yep. So that's Schindler's List. Um, Schindler's List passes, but it's one, so it's also kind of 
technically. It passes, but like with an asterisk. Right. Um, and it passes because two women discuss what's going to happen to them at Auschwitz. Right. So for backstory, for people who haven't seen Schindler's List, it's mm-hmm. a World War II drama um, starring Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. And Liam Neeson is this guy who's protecting Jews mm-hmm. um, during World War II and uh, Ray Fiennes, who's a Nazi. And um, during the course of the movie, you have two female characters discuss what they think is going to happen to them when they Mm -hmm. go to Auschwitz. And so that is a conversation that makes the movie technically pass the Bechdel test. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, one conversation. Yeah, it's 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 one it's one conversation. And it's like and again, another thing where it's like the women are in these terrible situations and therefore forced to talk about right. something. Right. They're, they're talking, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, that's how movies work. Right. And you're, you can only talk about so many things right. for it to be relevant to the plot. But, you know, I mean, it's like talking about the elephant in the room as opposed to right. your romantic interest. Right. Um, right. It, it passes. It definitely passes. And it's the one on this list that really passes. That really does pass it's just you know again one conversation between minor characters is not great um okay so moving on to number six Mm -hmm. which just given the title of the movie (laughs) i think everyone can kind of take a guess pretty quickly as to whether or not it passes the test Mm -hmm. yeah so number six is 12 angry men yep uh no (laughs) does not pass does not pass which fine right i mean if, Fair. if the title of a movie is 12 angry women <laughs> right you know. right you know if if this movie was made again it would not be 12 men sitting on a jury right and in that case i'm sure you would have women speaking to other women about not a man right or a man well maybe it depends on who did the crime right so but you know it's the, the movie is a representation of a certain time in history where just women weren't going to be in these situations. Right, exactly. Um, it is an older film, and you have to keep that in mind when talking mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, unsurprising, 12 Angry not, Men does not right. pass the Bechdel test. Right. Um, and then number seven, which is another one that is kind of surprising, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Pulp Fiction is number seven. Um, It technically does pass. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, I guess it depends on who you ask, but uh, Quentin Tarantino is able to, I I really like his movies, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he's able to create these movies with large casts, with, like, heavily developed characters. Yeah. And, you know, because he's so violent, I think maybe you would assume that there isn't so much, mm-hmm. um, there, there's so much, it's, it's very, it can be really, his movies can be very gratuitous. Yes, totally. But if you do look at his movies, you do frequently have strong female characters. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. you have both Melanie Laurent playing Shoshana mm-hmm. and, uh, Diane Kruger. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her character's I don't name. Me either. That German yeah. movie star. She was an act- actress. Um, you have both those women. Mm-hmm. You know, Uma Thurman is in so many of his movies. Mm-hmm. Kill Bill is, you know, two women kicking ass. Yep. Um, Jackie Brown. You know, like he right. he certainly is a director and writer who is a fan of strong women. Right. He's not gonna 
purposefully make women weaker characters just because they're women. Right. Um, what, and which is not to say that, right. you know, anyone else would either. Right. But he, he certainly, he's unconventional in the sense that like, I think it's common to see strong, strong female mm-hmm. characters in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, given that, it's not that surprising that Pulp Fiction passes. Right. But again, it's, you know, kind of an asterisk pass. Given all of that, right. it's not that surprising that Pulp Fiction would technically pass the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. But again, it's one of those situations where, you know, it technically passes, but you can make an argument um, saying otherwise. What happens is that Vincent Vega, who's John Travolta's character, mm-hmm. he overhears um, two female characters, Jody and Trudy, talking about piercings when he um, is going over to buy drugs at someone's house. So, you know, you have these two female characters. They have names. They're talking about something that is not men or their love interests. Right. Um, So, yeah, so it passes. What some people say to kind of argue that it Mm -hmm. doesn't really pass is that they mention fellatio Mm -hmm. during this conversation and that having a piercing can increase pleasure. Um. And so because, you know, they're talking about sex in some sense, it kind of undermines the fact that that this conversation isn't about men. Right. And also that it's like the most in passing as the conversation can be. Right. Because it's like he's overhearing them. Totally. As opposed to them actually talking about something else. Totally. As a plot point in the movie. Totally. So... Yeah, it passes, but it's one conversation, right. and it's a conversation that you can make an argument against. Right. Um, so it's not giving us a lot to work with. Right. You know, again, keep in mind, this movie is 1994, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Around there, yeah. I, I would hope that we've made some strides. Times have changed a little bit. In the past 22 years, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's number seven. Mm-hmm. Number eight is Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. It does not pass. Very surprising. Nor do any of the other Lord of the Rings (laughs) movies. Um, Mm -hmm. Not on the top ten list, but another very famous, well, originally a trilogy Mm -hmm. that does not pass is any of the original Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, And again, these are movies that are focusing on brotherhoods or fellowships of men or whatever. Right. Um, But yeah. Written by, dudes. written by men, clearly f- targeting a male audi- audience. Right. Um. But both, like you know, unbelievably popular movies, and yeah. we, you know, this is you saw in the most recent Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. You have this female lead. Right. Arguably, I think it's a pretty easy argument to make that Rey is the female lead in the most recent Star yes, Wars yes. Force Awakens movie. Yes, she is. Um, but they didn't make a... There was a whole thing that came out afterwards. They didn't make an action figure of her. Yeah. and they, She just, wasn't in the Monopoly game, too. Yeah, it was just Something kind like of that. like this weird... Like, why not? Yeah, like... She's, she's so cool. Yeah, it's like, she's our main character, but like, not really. Just keep it quiet. Yeah. And then, you know, Felicity Jones is going to be the lead of a new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're clearly... Trying. Trying. Yeah. Which is good. And maybe we're going to get a good Leia-Ray conversation in the next movie. Mm-hmm. 
who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, you know, a little disheartening to see that these major, major trilogies or series, um, you know, can't have two female characters having conversations with each other. Right. It's just like, is a bummer when you really sit down and look at it. Right. How kind of unsuccessful so many films have been um, in having strong female representation. Yeah. And how hard you have to look Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make something work, work for this test. Yeah. Particularly. And so then the last two movies, you know, it's kind of more of the same. They mm-hmm. don't pass, so we don't really need to go into that much. Right. But The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Number nine. And okay. number ten is Fight Club. Yeah. Which we won't talk about. Anyway, so yeah. So, you know, those are the top ten movies. You have three that technically pass. Mm-hmm. So arguments can be made kind of against any of them. Um, and then we were, like, really trying to think of different movies that could, would be good examples. Yeah. That, Things um, that work, kind of. Yeah, that work. And one of the ones that was pretty surprising um, was You've Got Mail. It's, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a successful movie, um, even though it's a rom-com. Passes the test. Yeah. Almost with flying colors, I would say. I mean, not super bright flying colors, but nonetheless. Okay, so, you know, the way that it, it passes is you have Meg Ryan's character who runs her bookstore, and she talks to Trudy, I guess, is the older woman. Yes, Trudy. Yeah, her name's Trudy. And then the cute younger girl who was also in Two Weeks Notice Mm -hmm. and, like, a bunch of rom-coms of that era. Um, She's in school, so they talk about school. They talk... All all three of them talk about the business Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, They talk about uh, Meg Ryan's mother. Yeah. I mean, and the books and the kids and all sorts of things that yeah. don't have to do with Tom Hanks or New York 152. Right. So say OL screening. Yeah, I mean, clearly the focus of the movie is their love story. Right. And there is more than enough conversation about that. Right. Not more than enough. I mean, I could watch like four more hours of that movie. I don't know why I just said that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's one of those movies where I'm like, they really should make a sequel, even though I know it would be oh, really disappointing. So good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so that is a movie, um, that passes. Yeah. And and it's, it's a rom-com and, you know, I think one thing that's important to note is that it is a movie that's probably targeted to women. Mm -hmm. Um, so you would hope they would make more of an effort to have female characters or interesting female characters. I don't know if that undermines the point or helps the point. I think, I mean, you could make an argument for both, but I think for what we're looking at, at least, it maybe a little bit undermines it just because it's, it seems like the only time women can talk about something that isn't men is when it's a movie for women. Right. And even then it's like tangential. Like it's like, oh, by the way, the business is doing poorly. Right. Which becomes a major plot point in the movie. But, I mean, really the interaction is between Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and how in right. love they are and yada, yada, yada. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's difficult. I don't know. I don't know if it should be. Who wrote Who wrote You've Got Mail? Was it? Uh, Nora Ephron. Is it more people like female writers like Nora Ephron? Is that what we're missing or? Yeah. I mean, I think that you have um, 
I think that you can look at kind of modern female writers, and, and now that we're getting more female showrunners right. and things like that, there are plenty of scenes in Girls where the girls don't talk about one of their love interests. I mean, that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. But, you know, they do talk about their careers and their friendships and things like that. Right. You know, Mindy Kaling, I think, maybe hasn't totally hit the nail on the head quite yeah. yet with how to write the mini project or, or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, she's openly talked about how much she loves all these rom-coms and everything. And, and she's just like this smart writer. And the Mindy project does have a lot of female characters. Yeah. Um, they're all a little bit off. <laughs> I mean, but well, everyone on that show is off to be fair. Yeah. So. The women more so than the yeah. men, but yeah. yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you, I think, there are certainly, at least in TV now, mm-hmm. maybe it's because TV is kind of the, where a lot of people are going now. You have a lot yeah. more quality writing in television yeah. than you used to. And then, you know, you can look at things like, you know, reality or mm-hmm. quote unquote reality yeah. television. Unreal reality. Right. Um, like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, mm-hmm. which, you know all judgments aside aside um you know that's a whole other conversation but that is a show that is about six strong women um who talk about plenty i mean love is certainly sure part of it but it's i mean ultimately it's a show about family and right um yeah i mean you have you have i mean it's like whether it's Kendall and Kylie or the three Kardashian sisters or Chris or Caitlin or I guess Leah is part of it now too. Yeah, Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's you see all these different friendships and relationships in that show and mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to focus on men. You know, it is yeah. a matriarchy. Yeah. Um, and it honestly, like if I think back, a lot of it was, I mean, the fights that they get in were or they used to get in were about like dash and you yeah know, i mean it, it like was that. a lot about their careers yeah it was it, their careers and the business and i think when it was a an issue with a guy it was like a big like why are they getting in a fight over yeah this? i mean i think that they oh they were never clearly never shy about right kind of appealing to men and kind of using the fact that they are very beautiful women mm-hmm. and, and kind mm-hmm. of flaunting that but Whatever you want to say about the Kardashians, and Mm -hmm. there are, you know, I think they get plenty of flack, and some of it, rightly so, maybe some of it... Not so much. Not so much, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. you know, they certainly have been able to show that you can have an unbelievably popular television show about women. Yeah. And it's not just four women living in New York right. talking about their sex lives. Right, exactly. No shots at Sex in the City because yeah. I love you, but surprisingly fails this test quite often. It does, yeah. I mean, though, I mean, a case can be made, I don't know, maybe not, but I, they sometimes talk about things that aren't men. I, I mean, they do. They talk about their mm-hmm. career sometimes, but, but Samantha main... even makes a joke at one point right. about how it's like, how can we be these four strong independent women all we do is talk about our boyfriends or something like that yeah you know it's a hugely popular show and women love it and so like clearly that's something that women like talking about right um and also from personal experience i can say a lot of my conversation with my girlfriends is about my love life yeah because again love lives it's fun it's it is fun. fun to talk about 
Just as I'm sure that when I get older and I have kids, a lot of conversation is going to be about my kids. Because totally. it's just like, that's what your life is. Totally. I mean, you could make a similar test and be like, women have to be talking about something that, or married women of a certain age have to be talking about something that isn't their children. Totally. And it's going to, I mean, chances are. It's tough. It would be very hard to find a movie like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of what the most, whether or not movies and IMDb's top 250 passed mm-hmm. this test or not, mm-hmm. which a very low number of them did, mm-hmm. um, I think that the kind of more important point, because, like, who really cares about the Bechdel test? I mean, it's kind of right. like this arbitrary right. definition of something. Um is just the fact that, like, there are not a lot of strong female characters. Mm-hmm. And when they are, they're kind of an anomaly. It's right. not that you have just two women in a movie who just happen to be in a movie and are there and it's not something special or they're not serving a purpose as a love interest or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a larger conversation here that we could spend hours on about, you know, the lack of diversity in Hollywood, which has been a big deal this year. Sure. Um, not just with gender but with like racial oh yeah i mean the oscars right the academy all of that yeah right so i mean there's this kind of is a little drop in the pool of what we need to fix about movies and tv right i i would love for there to be movies or books or musicals or tv shows whatever it is that have more serious female roles right um, or female ro- roles of substance. And, you know, I think there are plenty of movies, I think, that are written with men in mind as the lead that could easily be reimagined. As women. As being, or at least, like, do gender-blind casting. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily think that we need... Why, why, you know, part of the Bechdel test is that women need to be speaking to other women about right. something other than men. right. Which I think is important. Mm-hmm. But I think it is also important to have women speaking to men because right. women shouldn't, you know, men and women, their conversation shouldn't be like totally separate from each other. Right. Right. We want it to like be this seamless transit or like, you know, just I talk to a man the same way I would talk to a woman. Right. There's still a lot left to be desired. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, th- you know, I think it's no coincidence that Frozen was as big of a hit yeah. as it was. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. You know, Brave was a really big deal. Yeah. And uh, Riley in Inside Out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you know, I mean, like, cl- mm-hmm. clearly there are, there's improvement. Right. Um, right. And I think that, or I hope, there, conti- there continues to be more. Yeah. Um, because yeah. there's a lot left to be done. We're getting there. We certainly are. I think if... Making a movie where a woman isn't just defined by the fact that she's a woman or the fact that she's dating this guy or the fact that her love life is X, Y, Z or that she's not married or that she has five kids or zero kids or one and a half kids or whatever. I think that's what we should work towards. So, yeah. So I think that's uh, about it on the Bechdel test. Yeah. Um, just tweet at us with movies that you think pass or movies that you were surprised to see failed. Right. Uh, and if you need to look it up, uh, it's BechdelTest.com. Yep. They kind of update it with all the new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, surprising movie that passes, a new release, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. 
And I think that does it for us yeah, for episode it. one of season two. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pop of Culture Pod and check out our website at popofculturepod.com. And to take a little something from our maybe relative to the podcast, Ira Glass, bear with us. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>